Welcome everybody, episode 70 today of SF Live. My name is Kai Hoffman, I'm the CEO of the Sword Financial Group. And in a few short seconds, I'll be joined by Sean Kuhn-Kuhn. He's the CEO and president of Dolly Varden Silver. But before we get started, by now you should all know the drill. Please make sure to follow us on YouTube, on Twitter, turn on the alert button, and make sure to subscribe to also our other, other channels on Spotify and Instagram. That way you always get notified when we go live or upload another video. And uh, please leave some co constructive commentary and feedback below. Always appreciate it. But now let's switch over to Sean. He's the president and CEO of Dolly Varden Silver. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing really well, Kai. Thank you so much for having me yeah, on. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. We're not too far from each other. And uh, we actually, we're in the same fitness group for a little bit. You look jacked, man. Like... You, you, you worked out, you raised $20 million, you've been having a good uh, COVID season. I shouldn't be joking, but uh, you, you made the best of it. Uh, how, how have things been? I'm sure you've been insanely busy. Yeah, things have, things have been really busy, and um, it's been a very volatile time, as, as for all of us, and uh, just trying to make the most of, uh, of the opportunity that's in front of us. No, I appreciate that. And uh, like, give us a rundown of Dolly Varden. I've, I think I've known the company like ever since I started Soar Financial back in 2011, and quite quite a bit has changed. So why don't you run us through the recent changes? You joined only in February as the president and CEO. Give us give us some history there. Sure. Yeah. So you know, for me, the the history goes back to um, before I joined. Um, I I have a personal friend whose brother worked at uh, Dolly back in the 1950s. And it was in and around 2011 that this friend had mentioned that this company uh, was going pr uh, public, uh, this Dolly Varden silver mine. And so I became aware of it in 2011. And I watched the company over the last uh, eight years. And uh, I reached out to um, some of the company representatives about a year ago. And I just I saw it as a company that was undervalued relative to its peers so if you look at Dolly, um, before I joined, the company was trading at around $0.37 cents, uh, per ounce in the ground U.S. So the enterprise value was about half of what the peers were trading at, Kai. And so my thinking was the, the opportunity here, number one, is just for the company to trade in line with its peers. It seemed like drastically undervalued. And uh, so when I came in, the company had a $20 million market cap. Uh, the company was in really good financial shape. It had no debt. Uh, there was $3 million in the treasury. It had a, a, su a superstar board, you know, a, a group of uh, in individuals that have had experience with companies like Hecla, Coor Mining, Anglo, a really diverse group of, um, you know, whether it was lawyers, geologists, accountants. Um, so Dolly had a lot going for it in February. It had a fantastic foundation. It was anchored with a 44 million uh, ounce high grade silver deposit in a great location. Um, the project is, uh, you know, close to infrastructure. There's a road that takes it right to Alice Arm. So it had a lot going for it. And my, my thinking was the opportunity is it's not trading in line with its peers. And so I thought with re-energizing the company um, with um, some, some capital markets um, expertise that I bring and also, I've been, you know, I owe a lot of Dolly's um, recent success here in terms of market cap growth and 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 uh, sort of a, a new uh, a new uh, rebirth here to uh, Rob McLeod and the technical team that Rob's brought. And you mentioned, uh, you know, workouts and uh, being active. I I owe a lot to Rob that goes beyond uh, go beyond business. 
And um, anyway, so we've got uh, we've got a great uh, technical team of advisors that include Ryan Waymark, uh, Jody Gibson, uh, Rob McLeod's joined the board, Marilyn Lacasse, and so we brought in this new team. And um, you know, we've just we we've you know we've just re-energized uh, the company, and we are looking at the project in a in with a new technical lens. And uh, you know what's really changed, Kai, is the price of silver uh, soaring from seventeen, eighteen dollars. You know, trading up to twenty nine dollars an ounce. That really changes the economics, not just for Dolly, but for all of our peers. So we're in a different uh, we're in a different universe today. For with gold at uh, nineteen hundred, with silver at twenty seven dollars. And uh, so that's also driving uh, a lot of the excitement and uh, buzz. Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, you need some buzz and excitement to raise $19 million, not just from existing shareholders. Um, you, you raised that money in, in pretty much two tranches, two private placements. And uh, you, you have an existing shareholder that stayed pro rata, I, I assume. It was Hecla. But you also had Eric Sprott come in or actually top up as well. Um, on what, what basis did you raise that money? Like, what did you promise to the investors coming in? And uh, what are you going to do with the funds? Those are really good questions, Kai. Thank you. I'm a believer that you need a solid foundation to build from. And so when I came in, I really wanted to have a couple of large shareholders get behind us who were going to give us the runway over a couple of seasons to play out a thesis. And so I approached um, Eric Sprott. Uh, with the idea of you know him going to 19.9 and allowing us, uh, you know, giving us enough capital to um, to go out and and there and there's 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 multiple um, there's multiple uh, parts of our execution strategy. Number one, you know, with with the drilling that's presently happening right now, you know, we're going into the Torbert mine which between 1949 and 1959 produced 18 million ounces of silver at an average grade of 500 grams per ton. So when the last mining occurred at Torbrit, the price of silver was 85 cents an ounce. And so a lot of the mineralization that is there today was left behind by the miners. So the, the two opportunities that I see at Torbrit specifically are to try to extend the current deposit to try to see if it if it's breaking through and if we can we can hit some extension holes, and the second part of that is going into the high grade of Torbert, going into the 500 to uh, 1,000, you know, the kilo material, and trying to see if we can extend those veins. So this capital that we've brought in will allow us to go and expand on the current potentially expand on the current resource. But then what's really exciting about Dolly Varden, and I think this, this is what really speaks to investors like Eric Sprott, we've got a four and a half kilometer trend where we've got some early indications that there's some other Torbrits that are lying along this trend. And the goal here with the drilling as well this season is to try to prove up another Torbrit and to drastically increase the size of the current resource, which in, in all categories is about 44 million ounces at an average grade of 300 grams per ton. Now, Hecla is a bit of a different story in that Hecla has been a shareholder and uh, there, was there was actually a long history there going back to 2016 where there was a, um, a takeover attempt that Hecla, a failed takeover attempt 
um, back in 2016. And Hecla's maintained a, a, a 10% uh, holding within the company, and they've continued to top up in financings. We've got a great relationship. Uh, we communicate with them regularly. Uh, we've got an advisory team where uh, they've got a representative on who is uh, blessing the exploration that we're putting forward. So relationship in between Eric and between Hecla, 30% of Dolly Varden is held by those two entities. Hecla also has big holdings to the east of the property. So our property is just under 10,000 hectares. Hecla owns ground that's six to seven times larger. It, so there's two trends in the area, Kai. There's the homestake trend, and then there's the Eliance trend. Hecla controls the Eliance trend. They've been committed to the area since 2016. They've been participating in financings. And, um, and then beyond Eric and Hecla, there's another 50% that is in some really strong institutional hands. Uh, for example, we're doing a, a financing that we announced uh, just over a week ago where we announced that we were doing a, a $10 million financing. And I think that about 75% of it is being taken down by maybe five investors. So these are these are big checks. These are coming from this, the Sprott uh, Asset Managements of the world, the Eric Sprott's, the Hecla's. And uh, so it's a... Really, 80% of the stock is just in a few hands, and uh, they're giving us the ability to um, to to uh, to move the company forward. And and you know these companies don't get moved forward in a month or a week like some investors would like. You know it takes some time to build up resources. But when I look around Kai and I look around at the landscape, the majors have not been exploring. They've not been replenishing ounces, and to have you know what's close to a 50 million ounce high grade silver deposit in a safe mining jurisdiction next to Orange Homestake Ridge, which is a million ounces of gold, 30 million, million ounces of silver. There's all sorts of regional opportunities for the company. There's a road that takes us down to Alice Arm. Like there's, it's just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for investors. Yeah, no, and uh, it's great. Like the, the 19 million, as you said, like opens a lot of doors uh, also in terms of the exploration. Run us through the exploration program that you have planned now. Um, I know you're, you announced a 10,000 meter program, but with 19 million in the bank, I was a bit underwhelmed to, to only read 10,000, right? Uh, the precedent has been set by Osisco drilling with 26 drills. You know, it's a very high bar um, trying to get there, right? But uh, you know, what, what, what parts what of I the, learned, Go ahead, yeah, sorry. What, yeah. I really, what I learned really early in my career was some of the best exploration is done when you've got one rig going, when it's systematic, I worked for a company back in the 2000s where we had a 300,000 meter exploration program and it wasn't necessarily more productive in terms of discovery per ounce, um, you know, than, you know, when you have methodical core logging, when it's systematic, um, you know, we, we have the potential, we have the logistical room to bring in a second rig if we choose to, we've got the capital to do so, but I don't always think more is better. And I think like what we're doing in addition to drilling, Kai, is like we could have started drilling in June. I deliberately went out and spent a month doing structural mapping. Uh, we did uh, soils on, on the gold trend that's coming over from the home state property. You know, when I take money from investors, it's got to be, you know, spent wisely and we've got to do systematic exploration. Um, and then the other part of um, this new capital that we've brought on, Kai, is with the silver price where it is, 
you know, I think there's there there needs to be some internal work by the company to look beyond exploration. And I also think we need to look um, beyond our property borders and look at what types of M&A opportunities are out there. And treasury and currency and liquidity gives a company like ourselves options. And, you know, I think, you know, my goal here is let's let's build up some ounces. And there's two ways that I know how to do that. Number one, it's through exploration. But number two, it's through the boardroom and through M&A. And so let's look at all those things. As long as it's accretive and it really moves the needles, uh, the the needle, I think we need to look at all sorts of opportunities. And um, yeah. No, I'm glad you said that because one, one thing I've noticed watching financing and all that is uh, companies are careful not to over-raise. I'm not even sure that's a proper word, right? But to raise too much money and then don't know what to do with it, right? Um, well, the, the nice is I've... I've suffered through an environment over the last 10 years where, as a Canadian explorer, often the only money available was flow through. And the challenge there is it comes with a expiration date, right? And so often companies in Canada are forced to be aggressive. And the nice thing about this financing we're doing here where we're raising the 10 plus million is it's hard dollars, and there is no expiration date. And the bulk of our treasury now is hard dollars. And so we can be very careful and methodical. And again, it doesn't necessarily need to be spent on exploration. If there are some M&A opportunities or if there's some development capital that our project needs now that we've got a, a totally different silver price and totally different economics on all these projects, we need to investigate those opportunities. And... Um, no, I'm I'm really excited, Kai. Like, and it's and it goes beyond Dolly Varden. I'm excited about what's happening out there in the space. Um, you know, investors that have been loyal to the space for the last ten years are finally being rewarded. I I think back to sometimes that we bumped into each other at conferences over the years, and you know, let's let's get real. Like, it's been depressing. It was depressing, <laughs> and now we're in, into an environment where. I think it's the beginning of uh, something that can be, and 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 the difference this time compared to say ten years ago is I think that the gold companies starting at the top and the silver companies they're in really good shape. They're in really good shape in terms of you know the GNAs come down for many of them. We've seen some big amalgamations. Um, I think the I think investors are and and also. During the last cycle, you had the price of oil running to over $100 a barrel. I remember we were we were uh, producing just outside of Red Lake at the time, and labor costs were going up 50%, and all these input costs were going up. So despite the price of gold going up, you know, really, you weren't necessarily – the margins weren't that much more spectacular, whereas I think this time, you've got a tremendous gold price, tremendous silver price, and um, the input costs are not accelerating at the same speed. Well, that's that, that's good to know as well. Like, I actually talked to a couple of companies in the, or one company in particular in the past that actually raised money and all of a sudden they had like three and a half million dollars in, uh, I think they owned some convertible loans or debt or something that was uh, carrying 2% interest or something on the money they raised. And it, it's, it's difficult to see that like for me as an investor because I want the money going into the ground or actually creating shareholder value. And I don't want to accrue 2% interest or even 1% interest on some, some bank debt facility or something, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, let, let's talk about the exploration program uh, in a little more detail. So you're planning to drill 10,000 meters. Where are you going to spend 
the the money and where are you going to drill like what, what's going to be the focus of the program um like one thing i mentioned to you beforehand and maybe take that into consideration answering is uh i wouldn't call it a lack of focus but like i, I personally like, always like to see focus but there's always a good explanation why not to focus just on one single area so so you know my experience over the last 20 years kai is when you when you start an exploration program you have a plan okay that plan can you can deviate from that plan and you want to deviate based on success so we're, we we started with torbrit and the idea is to do 20% of the drilling around the torbrit mine and then do 80% of the drilling along this four and a half kilometer trend proving out the next torbrit and um, you know but again exploration is something where you, you know based upon success you could get more aggressive in a certain area. So, you know, you know, we'll wait for results. We'll wait. We'll let those uh, really dictate specifically where we go forward. We've got this 10,000 meter program that we've designed, but we've got the flexibility based upon success in the field to deviate from that general plan and drill more where we're having success. Okay, that, no, that makes a lot of sense. Like, and I follow that along. So the question is, like, you got 22 million ounces. I'm not mistaken at Torbert already. Um, what does it take to make it an economic deposit or viable to take it to the next step? Let's say PEA or PFS. What do you need there? Before I got involved with Dolly, um, we did some high level. Um, we did some high level review, some high level economic analysis, and there's a lot of sensitivities to silver price, and so. I think it's worth an internal look right now with the present resource, with the present silver price to maybe start investigating that opportunity currently. Yeah. Um, so that, that's sort of the question I had before is like, why not then focus on Torbert and actually bring that to a level while then blue sky that's drilling exactly. around it, right? So that's exactly drilling. Yeah, no, fantastic. So um, run, run us through the timelines. Um, what's coming up for you guys? So have, when's the first drill going into the ground? So we started drilling um, at the end of July. And as of yesterday, we were about 1,500 meters into the program, 1,500. Um, we were moving on to hole seven. And, um, you know, so we'll... We'll start to see, you know, results. Um, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put any forecasts on on timing because there's so many things out of our control. And when you're dealing with third-party assay labs, and um, but you know, generally, you know, throughout the fall, going right throughout the winter, we'll be announcing results. Fantastic. How how long can you drill up there? Is it end of November, mid-November, or like what's the season look like? You know. I've seen uh, peers and neighbors drill year round, you know, into the uh, into December, into January. Um, you know, it depends on your elevation. It depends on the property. Um, when you're a small exploration company and you're you're you know you're and you're only drilling a certain number of meters, the most cost effective times to to work in this part of the world is typically from May till the end of October. And that is sort of our plan at this point. But, um, you know, you look at some, like I mentioned, a lot of our, a number of our peers will go year round. And, um, but for us, I think we'll, we'll start pulling out um, 
we'll, we'll be out of out of camp by November first. Okay, that makes sense. Otherwise, you have to pay for a camp and everything, make it winterproof. It just adds to the drill meter cost. It's probably not yeah, economic you're, anymore. You're, you're heating water lines, and you're you're doing you know first for a you know a, a small exploration company. It just it's not worth the uh, the cost. Fantastic. We, we got like a minute and a half left before we hit our time limit here. I briefly want to talk to you about the BC Regional Mining Alliance. Um, that, that's been coming up. I haven't heard too much about it, but it's, I think, quite important for the area. Why don't you give us an overview? You guys are a founding member. Uh, I know Rob McLeod is very active in it as well, one of your directors. Um, why don't you give us a quick overview of what that is and how you're involved there? Sure. So I, I'm new to the organization, you know, being, you know, coming into Dolly Varden on February 18th. Um, you know, I'm, I'm new to the process, but what I really celebrate and what I've experienced so far, you know, we get together um, a few times a month. So we get together. So it's a, it's a partnership between the First Nations groups in the area, the Taltan and the Nishka. Um, the company, where there's four companies. Uh, so you've got Skeena, Ascot, GT Gold, and Dolly Varden. And then you've got the BC government. And the idea here is we really want to tell the world that, we are open for business. That BC, the Golden Triangle, where we've got great partners, we've got great First Nation partners, we've got a supportive government, we communicate, we come to solutions together. Um, there's an event that's taking place next uh, week on August 18th, uh, where um, Michael Gray from Agentis is uh, hosting an event. And uh, so I'll be happy to share that with you. Uh, Kai, but it's just a, it's a great opportunity for uh, these three groups, these these you know, First Nations, industry, and government to work together to advance mineral exploration, development, and production in BC. And uh, it's I've uh, I've been really um, very uh, pleased with what the groups is uh, you know the the communication, the solutions. You know, I'll give you an example. So we get hit by this global pandemic. Right. And so it was uh, it was it was it was great to share information. You know, we're all on the same page. Um, the First Nations groups in the community, they want their community safe. You know, the government wants its citizens safe. I want the consultants and our employees that are going into the field to be safe. So we work together to implement plans. And this is all this is all new territory. You know, this is the first time in 100 years that the world's going through a global pandemic. And we came to solutions where we're able to um, initiate safe explorations by putting together COVID protocols. And so that's one of the benefits from having this type of alliance. And it's it's only one example, but there's um, there's a lot of mutual respect and there's um, a lot of uh, synergistic opportunities where you know, we as company can create jobs for communities. Um, we all need to work together, and uh, it's it's a it's a really tremendous uh, partnership. No, fantastic! Send me the link. I'm happy to share it as well, like to the event, and I'm sure it's quite informative. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate chatting with you. Giving thanks for giving us an update, bit of a history as well on on Dolly Varden. And uh, everybody else, thanks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Quick reminder, make sure to follow us here on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Turn on the alert button. It's a little bell here on Twitter when you click on follow. Also, follow us on Spotify and Instagram to get your updates. Really appreciate it. And uh, Sean, we'll, we'll see each other very soon. And uh, stay safe. And hey, Kai, I just want to say you're doing a, you're doing a phenomenal job. And I, I really enjoy tuning in. And, uh, you know, you've had some, some of the biggest mining companies on the, on the planet on this broadcast. And, yeah, very, uh, very insightful. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sean.
and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care.